In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation, and it's always a great joy to be with each and every one of you. And as always, we like to start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary has many wonderful titles. Mary is the Mother of God. Mary is the Mother of the Church. Mary is the Mother of each and every one of us. So I'd like to um, invite Mary, who's also known as our, our life, our sweetness and our hope, to be with us, uh, to accompany us, and to bring us closer and closer to Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. So let's pray. The prayer that Mary loves most, and that is the Hail Mary, also known as the angelic salutation. Together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and bless the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now let's turn to our spiritual director, who is the Holy Spirit, and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Holy Spirit has many wonderful titles. Holy Spirit is the paraclete. Holy Spirit is the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is the sweet guest of the soul. Holy Spirit is also our counselor. Counselor as well as our consoler. Holy Spirit is also known as our sanctifier. In our pursuit of holiness, we want to turn to the Holy Spirit and ask Him to help us to become holy as our Heavenly Father is holy. And St. Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 8, he says, we really don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so we can say, Abba, Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let's beg the Holy Spirit to pour His light into our intellect and to set our hearts on fire with love for Him as we pray. The classical prayer to the Holy Spirit. Together. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your Spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. Uh, True, my friends, the family that prays together stays together. And a world at prayer is a world at peace. So after praying with you, our Perseverance family, we always start off by praying together because the family that prays together stays together. Then, I give, try to give word, uh, words of encouragement by saying, that I'll be praying for all of you, praying for all of you in the greatest of all prayers. That prayer is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. That's right. In the holy sacrifice of the Mass, I'll place you all on the altar. No greater prayer. And these will be my specific intentions. First, I'd like to pray that all of us will be open to the workings and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Our sanctification depends upon our our openness to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps this could be our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. That's right. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My second intention will be, I'd like to pray in a special way for all of our families. We'll pray for Bridges' Aunt Mary. All of your specific intentions, I'd like to place them on the altar in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Pray for the baby Athena, Father David Castillo. Many of you have wonderful intentions. I'll place them in the altar and the Mass. And then I'd like to pray also, my friends. I'd like to pray also, my friends, in a very special way for... Those who will be dying. For those who will be dying. Jesus says, what does it profit? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul in the process? The eternal salvation of our soul is of primary importance. So let's pray for each other.
especially for our sanctification and our salvation. So, before entering into the readings for today, which would be the Samuel hearing the voice of God and not understanding it, in the typical day in the life of Christ, I would like to, my brief catechesis will be, Just a word of thanks and summary for beginning last night our mini retreat. Over the past six months, I've been giving these uh, wonderful mini retreats. I've done one on the book of Jonas and Tobit and the four last things and the Beatitudes, Advent. So last night I started a new mini-retreat of three days on the topic of prayer. On the topic of prayer. And given that the topic of prayer is so important, and we see in the Gospel today, our Lord at prayer, I presented in my lecture the prayer of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's right, the prayer of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because He is our model in everything. they gave out a handout that I wrote a blog on prayer of about six pages. Starting off with different sayings or definitions of prayer. One of the definitions of prayer that I gave was the definition that Father... Greg Staub gave in his catechism. And prayer is listening to God. Prayer is speaking to God. And prayer is loving God. Another definition of prayer is from St. John Damascene. Prayer is the lifting up of the mind and the heart to God. St. Teresa of Avila says prayer is simply spending a long time alone with a friend that I know loves me. So giving time, energy, goodwill, and our heart to Jesus, our best friend. St. Augustine will go on to say that prayer, (coughs) he says, he who prays well, lives well, he who lives well, dies well, he who dies well, all is well. And I've coined a short saying on prayer, and that is, what air is to the lungs, What air is to the lungs, so prayer is to the soul. So he's able to present the prayer of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So let's all make a concerted effort as we start off this new year to try to improve in our prayer life. Let's all try to improve in our prayer life. Try to improve in our prayer life. 
we say that practice makes perfect. St. Teresa of Avila says, St. Teresa of Avila says that we learn how to pray by praying. So unless we give time, effort, energy, goodwill to anything, we're not going to get anywhere of a value. So that also applies to our prayer life. So these three days will be dedicated in our mini-retreat to uh, to the topic of prayer. The topic of prayer. And last thing we would have to say is uh, essential to prayer, my friends, is... Union with the Holy Spirit. Union with the Holy Spirit. Yesterday I I gave the example of Pope John Paul II. And I'll just tell you this story, then we'll get into the readings today. John Paul II was a great pope. One occasion they were they were trying to track him down, they couldn't seem to find him. So they said check out the chapel. They couldn't find him there. And maybe the library. They couldn't find him in the library. They said, well, we'll check the Vatican guard. Maybe he's taking a walk. Couldn't find him. And they said, well, go back to the chapel to see. Maybe he's there. So they went to the chapel and they... In the darkness, they saw him prostrate on the ground, on the floor, before the Blessed Sacrament. He was deeply immersed in prayer, prostrate before the Blessed Sacrament. In his work, Crossing the Threshold of Hope, one of the literary works of John Paul II, he said that prayer, true prayer, is uniting our groans with the groaning of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? That's the mystical life of John Paul II. It's uniting our groans with the groaning of the Holy Spirit. That's why in Romans chapter 8 that I really love to to quote, we read, St. Paul says, we really don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say, Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. Abba, which means daddy or father. So, my friend, let's move into the readings for today. My style is I like to give you a summary of the biblical passage. Uh, an interpretation 
and then an application. <clears throat> so we're we're going through the book of Samuel. And yesterday we see Anna who's praying that she have a child. The high priest Eli think that she's drunk, but she's just pouring her heart out to God in the temple of Shiloh. Then Eli says it, okay, you, I'll pray for you that you have your child. So she and her husband conceives a child and she promises, Hannah promises to consecrate her child and offer her child, male, male child to God with a Nazaritic vow. Meaning that his hair will not be cut and he will not drink any, any liquor, any alcoholic beverages. So today's reading we see Eli is in his chamber and Samuel is in the temple. Those were days in which visions, appearances, and communications with with God were more, more scarce. So Eli is there. He's the priest in the temple. Samuel is the young man growing up. And Samuel hears the voice. Here's a voice. So he gets up and he he rushes to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Eli said, I did not call you. Go back. Go back to your place. So once again, God calls Samuel. Samuel rushes to Eli and says, Here I am, you called me. I did not call you. Go back. So Samuel goes back and hears a voice the third time. He gets up and he goes to Eli and says, Did you call me? No. So Eli recognized that God was actually speaking to the young Samuel. So, Eli says, next time you hear the voice of God, say, speak, O Lord, for your servant is, is listening. Say, speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening. So from that time on, Samuel was growing. Physically, but also morally, emotionally, and spiritually. And God did not permit any word of his to be without effect. So, the Israelites recognized that Samuel indeed was a great prophet. Okay, I'm going to give you interpretation of this and application. This is a classical passage which highlights the importance of having of having spiritual direction in our lives. Giannis believe all of you who are with with us in our perseverance family, you should <coughs> all try to get some type of some type of spiritual direction. So it's not always easy. It's not always easy to discern and to interpret 
to discern and to interpret how God is speaking to an, how God is speaking to us in our lives. That's right. It's not always easy to discern and to interpret how God is speaking to us in our lives. Because Samuel, Samuel did not know that that voice that was speaking to him was God. Oh no. Apologize, we had some technical problems there. Sometimes that happens. And we're talking about the passage of Samuel. Samuel and his encounter with <clears throat> with God and the importance of proper spiritual direction. So through Eli, the high priest, that Samuel was able to understand that God was speaking to him. So all of us should try to get some type of spiritual direction to help us, to help us in our spiritual life. So I'd like to move now, my friends, to the gospel for today, which is very rich. The Gospel for today, we're going through the Gospel of St. Mark. It would be Mark chapter 1, verse 29 to 39. And this is a, this is a typical, it's a typical Day. This is a typical day in the life of our Lord. Typical day in the life of our Lord. So, it starts out as such. On leaving the synagogue... Jesus enters the house of Simon. So this is a continuation of yesterday. If you remember yesterday's gospel, we see our Lord in the synagogue. And he's preaching the word of God, but also our Lord is casting out devils. The three years in the public life of our Lord could be divided into three basic activities. Abundant preaching, many miracles, and then our Lord is also casting out devils. <clears throat> So Jesus leaves the synagogue. He enters the house of Simon, Simon Peter, and Andrew. So Simon and Andrew live in the same home. And he enters with James and John. So there we see Jesus with his inner group of friends. Peter, Peter, James, and John. 
Peter, James, and John. I like that. We see our Lord with his best friends. Peter, James, and John were his best friends. We are called also, my friends, we're called to enter into a deeper friendship with Christ. That's right. We're called to enter into a deeper and deeper friendship with Christ. So, Simon's mother-in-law lay sick in bed with a fever. Lay sick in bed with a fever. So they told Jesus about the Simon's mother-in-law. So here we see the power of intercession. How we should intercede for others in our, in our prayer life. And Jesus approaches the mother-in-law and he grasps her hand and helped her up. It's a beautiful gesture. And I think we have to do that also. Our Lord, even, even now the Lord has his hand extended. He wants to grasp your hand. He wants to grasp your hand. Another passage where we see our Lord grasping the hand is when Peter is walking on the water, Jesus is walking on the water, Peter falters and he starts to sink in the water. And he says, Lord, save me. And Jesus rebukes Peter, extends his hand, grasps on the pen of Peter, and he's able to walk on the water. When we're faltering, when we're vacillating, we should allow Jesus to stretch out his hand and to grasp our hand. So when Jesus grasps her by the hand, the fever leaves leaves the, the mother-in-law of Peter. So here we have here we have Jesus as the divine physician. That's right. We have Jesus as the divine physician. He's the healer. He's the healer. He's the healer of mind, body, and soul. We can ask our Lord to heal us. And there are sacraments in the church, sacraments of healing. The anointing of the sick is a sacrament of healing. But there's another sacrament of healing. And that sacrament is the sacrament of confession. Sin wounds our life, our spiritual life. Whereas Christ the divine physician comes to heal us. Every time we approach Christ in the church, 
through the sacrament of confession, Christ, the divine physician, is stretching out his hand and he's ready to heal us. Then he points out the evangelist St. Mark. The fever leaves her and she gets up and starts to wait upon them, starts to serve Peter, James, and John, and Jesus. I think, my friends, this is important for us. That as followers of Christ, we are called to serve others. And there we have two other sacraments. We mentioned two of the sacraments of healing would be the anointing of the sick as well as confession. The anointing of the sick as well as confession. Sacraments of service would be holy matrimony and holy orders. Holy matrimony would be the service of the family. Holy orders, the priesthood would be <clears throat> would be at the service of the church. So talking about Jesus healing through the sacraments and through the church, Bridget is asking, what about a apostolic blessing? It's a good question because when we give when someone is very sick to the point of dying, it's it's a good idea to try to bring a priest to that person so that person can receive the last sacraments. If possible, a good confession the anointing of the sick, and then Holy Communion. The apostolic blessing, better said, the apostolic pardon is better, is uh, the, uh, the proper way of expressing it, apostolic pardon. Means that the person could, could receive a plenary indulgence there before dying. That means the person could go right to heaven. So if I'm visiting a person that's very, very sick, I'll try to administer those three sacraments and then the apostolic pardon rather than the apostolic blessing, the apostolic pardon. Good questions. So let's follow our Lord. We see him leaving the synagogue, going into the house of Peter, healing his mother-in-law, the mother-in-law ready to serve. Then it says when it was evening, after sunset, they brought to Jesus all who were ill or possessed by demons. So the sun has already gone down. <coughs> says the whole town was gathered at the door. So imagine that. The whole town, especially the sick, were brought to him. It says he cured many who were sick from various diseases. 
And not only that, but he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. So we see Jesus once again as the divine physician and Jesus having this power power over the evil spirits. We're all tempted. When we're tempted by the devil, we should call upon the names of Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph. Those are the three most powerful names. Calling upon Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph to come to our aid. We are weak. But God is very strong. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Then the following verse presents Jesus early in the morning says, rising very early in the morning, very early in the morning, Jesus left Peter's house Because Jesus wanted to start off the day in communication with his Heavenly Father. So he goes off and he finds he finds a deserted place. That's right. He finds a deserted place. Where Jesus is absorbed in prayer. So even in the midst of his very busy activities, our Lord is very busy. Our Lord is always going to find time to pray. He's going to give priority to his prayer, to his communion with his Heavenly Father. And you in the Perseverance Family class, and you are participating with me in this mini-retreat, I strongly recommend did you try to be faithful to your holy hour? Fulton Sheen calls it the hour of power. Try to be faithful to your holy hour, the hour of power. But he also suggests in your hour of power The better to pray early rather than late. And for several reasons. Going to do your holy hour. It can be any hour during the day, but I think the early time of the day, there's a certain advantage to that. Certain advantage to that. First is that we want to imitate Christ. We want to imitate Christ. The imitation of Christ is essential in our spiritual life. 
imitation of Christ. Our life should be patterned on the life of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Second is this, we read this in the diary of St. Faustino, and I think it's common sense, that when we do put off our prayer to later, when we put off our prayer to some later time, maybe in the afternoon, often what happens is later on the day, either we don't do it, or we do it poorly. Either one of those. Either we don't do our holy hour, our prayer period, or we do it in a haphazard distracted and mediocre fashion. <clears throat> so Jesus does it early in the morning. We want to imitate Christ. Another reason why is I think you'll agree with me on this. is the following. Our spiritual life, our spiritual life is spiritual combat. Our spiritual life is spiritual combat. We are called to fight the good fight. To run the good race. So praying early in the morning I believe is a good way to prepare us for the battles and struggles that we will experience during the course during the course of the day. So right, try to give the Lord your first fruits. Not to put off till later. They say in Spanish, la filosofía de la mañana. Not to put it off until later. This also, this also means the following. If, if indeed we're going to get up early, if indeed we're going to get up early, we should try to, try to discipline ourselves to get to bed early. There used to be a, proverb when I was brought up and raised, early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. There's something to that. Early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. I think we can apply that even to our spiritual life. If we give God our first fruits, we give our best to God like, like Abel, not like Cain. Abel gave God his first fruits. Then, at least in the spiritual plane, at least in the spiritual plane, we, we will be healthy, wealthy, and wise in our spiritual life. So my friends, we've gone through 
a good part of the gospel for today, which we have a typical a typical day in the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus is preaching in the synagogue. He's casting out the evil spirits. He's healing the sick. All that. But also don't forget, in the midst of this activity, we see our Lord getting up way before dawn, going and finding a place, a quiet place where he can pray. And then we see him absorbed, absorbed in prayer, absorbed in this deep communion with God. So perhaps our prayer today can be the prayer of the first reading. of the young Samuel in the temple. And that prayer is, Speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening. I'd like to invite all of you to share our message with your friends. That's a good way to evangelize, by sharing our perseverance conversation message with many of your friends. And I'd like to give all of you my priestly blessing. You pray for me and I will pray for you. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May God bless you and I'll see you tomorrow the same time in the same channel. Amen.